The One-Eyed Monster Ozzie's feet felt the warmth on the grass from the early sun as she walked through the meadow towards the woods. The night had tormented her, and now, as she walked towards her curiosity, her mind was reluctant to do so. She had always prayed to stones that resembled the shapes of gods and goddesses, but never had she imagined that one day she would set out to meet someone who created the stone. She did not have the slightest idea as to why she was paying a visit to the Shilpi. All she wanted to know was why she hadn't heard the work on stone the previous night. But for that reason, was she just going to bluntly walk to him and ask why he didn't do so? In context of entirety, it seemed very gullible for her to follow it, yet she kept moving. After she returned from the river in the morning, she did not lie down and rest. The night had burned her soul, and when she returned to the hut, she hurriedly completed all the work as fast as possible. She would ask the travel folks in the forest to show her the way towards Shelpi, Asya thought. She'd made up her mind to pay the one-eyed monster a visit. Today was also the day when the boy from the settlement would come and exchange the sewn mattresses and raw materials. It would be a good company for her. She prepared a frugal preparation of rice flakes with grated coconut and milk, and put some jaggery to sweeten it, stirred till it became a semi-solid brown lump. Although she had decided not to talk to the Shilpi much, it would be good to carry something sweet in case the sculptor had already completed his work, so that she at least can place her offering to the god or the sculptor. Meeting empty-handed would be a shame. She filled a dry leaf with the sweet and rolled it into a neat pouch. She had heard from the village folks that the sculptor has made his dwelling where the plains begin outside the woods. She would just have a look and return. She only wanted to know whether he had left. Soon the boy arrived with two young men from the forest. She exchanged pleasantries and handed them their lot of mattresses and set out. She had been kind to them, and they were happy with the good-natured girl who willingly helped them. They had plenty of new stock of straw, and all of them were shown to her when they reached the settlement. Asia examined the lot and asked them to segregate it. Usually she would examine and leave almost immediately when she was sure she had all the things she required. Then she would visit them the next fortnight, but today she sat there waiting. Her legs could not muster courage to move ahead on her decision. Then she remembered the small pouch of sweet she had tied to her folds of cloth. It was still warm. Finally, she got up and went to the elder of the tribe. She asked them for directions to meet the sculptor. They were quite surprised by Asya's request. She explained her reason. She didn't hear the usual sound that had happened for the last fifteen days last night. She just wanted to know whether he had gone away. If he had, then she can see what he had been working on. It is very unlikely that the object of his work can be taken away so quickly. The tribe, too, knew about a sculptor who had made his residence at the hillock a little further from their settlement. The elder relaxed and called one of his fellow persons who quickly told her the path towards the east led to the place where the Shilpi had made ground for his work. The elder told him to accompany Asya to the place, but returned back where the forest ended. He was not to wait for her. That was the rule of the tribe. They belonged to the forest, and believed to be its children. They did not leave it unless anything threatened this norm. Asya agreed, and left for the place. Soon she found her way among bushes and thick forest, with the person leading the way. 
he cut out the barks of the trees on his way to locate a return path for Asya. They reached the edge of the wood. The ground slowly descended into a slope, and ahead lay a spread of green meadow. The person she was following stopped and looked at her. He pointed out to the eastern corner where a small hillock barren of any vegetation was seen. It was a rocky piece of land, which gradually rose from the green pool of grass. She thanked him, and he took his leave. Aja walked towards the rocky patch and soon reached the foot of the hillock. A small breeze brought in the aroma of wet ground and grass along with it. The morning sun had started gaining its course, and a small bead of sweat ran down her temple. The hillock was a gradual ascend. She slowly and cautiously climbed the ground up, and noticed the patch of water that had flown on the place earlier. A fresh flow of water soon splashed its way down. Someone was pouring water. She followed it, and eventually saw a young man 